Amen. From the book of Revelation chapter 5, I want to just read a, a verse of scripture in your hearing. I'm going to be talking tonight about the lion of the tribe of Judah. The lion of the tribe of Judah. Revelation chapter 5, we'll, we'll start reading at verse 1. I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the back side sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. I want to talk to you about the lion of the tribe of Judah. Amen. Could we lift up our voice unto the Lord and ask his blessing upon the preaching of his word, the teaching of his word, whatever it turns out to be, let's ask him to bless it. Amen. Lord, thank you for your presence in this house. We thank you for your word that is rich and real and refreshing. And I pray that you will speak to our hearts and to our minds and help us to be like unto you. Help us to be made into your image, O oh God. Let your word have free course tonight. And we thank you that you are in the midst of your church, your people, O oh God. And we give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody said amen. amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. So good to see everybody here. And, and uh, I'm just glad to be home. Amen. I'm so glad to be home. Y'all, I'm just thankful. Thank you. I'm thankful to be home. And man, but, but you know, that's dangerous because, you know, when, you, when you've been gone a little while, there's, there's a buildup of, of uh, anxiousness to, to get up into the pulpit. So, you know, I don't know how many hours we've got uh, in this message. I am joking, of course. But I am so thankful to be here tonight. And anytime we open the word of the Lord, we seek to uh, bring a word to the people of God and to the hearers, uh, whoever they may be. Maybe you're a believer, maybe uh, there's someone here who's an unbeliever. And uh, either way, the word of God is for all of us uh, to bless us and to help us. And so we want the word of the Lord to edify tonight. We're talking about the lion of the tribe of Judah, Revelation chapter Five. I, I, I don't think that we can talk about the lion of the tribe of Judah without acknowledging the presence of another lion in the scriptures. Uh, there is another lion in the scriptures that I want to talk to you about, uh, and, and it's actually a reference uh, found in 1 Peter chapter 5, and we're going to just take a look here at what the apostle Peter says about uh, a lion, and this is not the lion of the tribe of Judah. But in verse 6 of 1 Peter chapter 5, he says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Good, good, uh, good admonishment there to us that we would humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, and that when we do that, he will exalt us in due time. He cannot exalt you unless you're humbled under his mighty hand. If we're not humbled under his mighty hand, then we will not be exalted by him. 
he resists, resists the proud. And so uh, he gives grace to the humble. And it is the grace that he gives to the humble that exalts us. And, and it's him that does it. And when it's God who does it, then we're not in the same danger of becoming haughty as we would be if we try to exalt ourselves. When we try to exalt ourselves, we are in danger of becoming haughty. But when God exalts us, he does it the right way. He does it without all of the additives of the flesh. And so humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. And that happens in due time. Trust the process and let the Lord do his work. Verse number seven, casting all your cares upon him, all your care upon him, for he careth for you. And, and so this is what's happening in the due time. In the due time, you are casting all of your care upon the Lord because he cares for you and you don't, you don't have to care. Look at your neighbor, tell him, say, I don't care. Amen. Look at your other neighbor and say, I stopped caring a long time ago. Praise God. We don't need the cares of this life to choke out what God's trying to do. We need to know that we can cast our care upon him for he cares for us. Verse number eight, be sober. This means don't be, don't be intoxicated, whether that be of a, of a, natural, uh, of a natural intoxication or a mental or emotional intoxication, be sober. Don't let anything distract you. Don't let anything dumb you down. Let yourself be vigilant is the next word. Be vigilant. Why? He gives you the reason why you should be sober, vigilant, on your guard, at high alert, prepared, on the ready, at the ready. Why? Because your adversary. Your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And this is a reference, of course, as he says, to your adversary, the devil. And I want you to know that your adversary is the devil. And the devil is your adversary. And we are not ignorant, Paul said, of his devices. Paul said, I would not have you be ignorant of the devil's devices. I want you to be on high alert, and I want you to understand how he operates. Peter tells us here just how he operates. He operates as a roaring lion, walking about, seeking whom he may devour, looking for the vulnerable, looking for the prey. And, and, and it's, it's true that the lion that walks about seeking whom he may devour, is looking for those who stand less of a chance against his predatory behavior. Well, we were in Africa uh, a couple of weeks ago. We had two crusades. One crusade was in Durban, South Africa, and one crusade was in Antananarivo, Madagascar. And they were both wonderful Events in, in South Africa, we had 308 receive the gift of the Holy Ghost over the course of three days. Praise God. Amen. And in Madagascar, we, over three days, we had 2,730 receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Praise God for that. 
And in one service on Sunday morning, in one service, we saw 1,215 people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It was absolutely marvelous to behold. And, um, and I, in the middle of those crusades, we had a, a two or three days uh, between the two crusades. And during those days, we went down to Kruger National Park and uh, rode out among the animal kingdom. And this was, I, I kind of, uh, you know, I was looking forward to it. I didn't know exactly what to expect. I had never really done that before. Wasn't quite sure of what I, you know, was in for. But I've been to the zoo before, so, you know, what, what, uh, what was there to be a, an element of surprise? Uh, but, oh, my, was I surprised. Uh, this was a different kind of a world. We were in their natural habitat. And to watch the, uh, the uh, world of the wild animals was truly a life-changing experience. And in fact, it, was, uh, it actually gave me a little bit more of an appreciation for the zoo. Because um, I want to tell you something. Uh, you know, I, I've heard, well, you know, the zoo people or, or animals need to be allowed to be in their natural habitat. And I totally agree. Except that they're safe at the zoo. And there wasn't a lot out there that was safe. They were the target of many a predator. And it was not every man for himself, but it was everything for itself. And uh, you had to have, everything had a defense mechanism, whether it was speed or whether one particular animal, the water buck, actually has a chemical that it releases upon the fight or flight uh, if you please, uh, instinct that it has, it, it releases a chemical that, that becomes pervasive to all of its body and will be left alone by predators because it, it has such a, uh, a pungent uh, uh, odor. And so everything has a defense mechanism and it has to have a defense mechanism because the predators are on the prowl out in the wild kingdom. And uh, so one particular point we were notified by another uh, group that they had spotted lions on the prowl. And so we, we hastened to where this spot was and found it to be the truth. Uh, two lions, two male lions were, were uh, pray, preying upon uh, water buffalo, Cape buffalo, uh, a magnificent animal that, um, that is too much for just one lion to bring down. And really the lion is not looking to bring down the biggest of the bunch. The lion is looking, down, looking to bring down the weakest of the bunch. It's looking for the one that is vulnerable. It's looking for the one that has a limp. It's looking for the one that is smaller than the rest, maybe undeveloped and, and, and not quite as strong as it will be uh, in the end. And so, so we, we see these lions. I'll never forget my eyes falling upon these two male lions. When the two male lions come together, they call it a coalition. And they're on the hunt. They're on the prowl. And they were undeterred. They, they marched with a precision that was, that was sinister, really, to, to see. They, they just lumbered through the woods, through the, through the, uh, through the area, looking for their prey. They had... Uh, just an awareness of where they were going, what they were going to do when they arrived, 
And then all of a sudden, they crouched down. They came to a point, they stopped, and they crouched down in the grass. And we looked ahead at what they were looking at, and they were looking at the Cape Buffalo, a herd of them. And the Cape Buffalo knew they were there. And again, a, 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 a water buffalo in South Africa is a, is a massive animal, and one lion cannot take it down. The, 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 the buffalo, the water buffalo, has got massive horns, and, and he will use those as weapons, and he'll, he'll basically impale the lion if, if it comes to that and, and throw the lion. He has such enormous strength. And so it's, it's about to be a battle uh, between these two lions and whatever Cape Buffalo they, they uh, select. And so it was just an interesting thing to observe as, as this was developing. But the Cape Buffalo were, they knew the lion was there. And they were on their guard. You could see they had formed a front and were watching the lions as they lie in the grass. So I asked our guide that was, that was kind of helping us along. I said, so what happens now if, if the lion depends on, uh, you know, surging, lurching, at an unsuspecting prey, what happens now? Because the, 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 the lion's hideout has been exposed. There's, there's no way that they can ever, they could ever uh, come to a point of attack if, they're, if they've been exposed. And the guide said this, I'll never forget it, and it's what I want to talk to you about tonight. He said, they know the lion is there, but they will forget. They will get used to his presence. And they will allow them to, to sit there. Right now they're on their guard. And man, they were too. They were looking right. They didn't take their eyes off of that lion. But he said, the lion will lay there all night long. In fact, he said, it's not even, it's not even a use for us to sit here and watch to see if he attacks. Because he, he's happy to lie there as long as it takes for that Cape Buffalo to forget about him being present. And, and I, of course, you know, I mean... You, you know, I've I'm, I'm got my paper and pen out writing down notes because that's what happens too many times. It happens to us too many times that the enemy can, can, can begin to prey upon us and begin to look at our vulnerabilities and find out what our weaknesses are and focus in on how it's going to try to bring us down and we can be made aware of his tactics. And we can stand on our guard for a, an extended period of time. But like the Cape Buffalo, too many times we forget to be sober and we forget to be vigilant and we forget to be focused on the fact that you and I do indeed have an adversary, the devil. And we can become so accustomed to the presence of our adversary in our midst that we let our guard down over time. Saint of God, don't let your guard down. Saint of God, don't let your guard down. You need to be in a continual state of prayer. You need to be in a continual state of looking to the word of the Lord as your guiding light. I want you to know that the word of God is still the lamp to your feet. The word of God is still the light to your pathway. Hallelujah. And nothing else will give you the direction you need 
The Word of God is the only source for direction in your life. And you can seek counsel. Counsel is good. But it's important that we understand that he's the counselor. And, and the best kind of counsel you can receive is somebody who can help you have a better understanding of this holy book. Oh, I want you to know this book is relevant. Don't let anybody tell you it's not. Don't let anybody tell you it's not relevant. I'll tell you, we're talking about the beast of the field. That's the most subtle beast of the field. The one who comes along like the serpent of Eden and tries to tell you that this is an old book and it doesn't really address the issues of today. This addresses every issue of today. You just have to rightly divide the word of truth. And so many times we fail to acknowledge and to understand that there is an adversary who is preying upon us, and, 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 and I don't mean P-R-A-Y, P-R-E-Y, preying upon us and looking for the most vulnerable, looking for the most vulnerable member of your family, looking for the most vulnerable point in your life, the most vulnerable place in your thought process. He knows your triggers, he knows your buttons, he knows how to push your buttons. He knows your tendencies, your proclivities. He knows what tempts you the most. He knows what your stumbling blocks are and he's preying upon you. And there are times in your walk with God when you are at a greater and heightened sensitivity to what the enemy would try to, 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 to do in your life. But it's important that you don't ever let that guard down. It's important that you don't just get accustomed to the presence of the adversary in our world. There was a time when you were very careful in your walk with God, that you walked circumspectly. There was a time when you had an understanding that you needed to avoid certain things. You needed to abstain from certain things. You needed to let your moderation be known to all men. There were times when you were aware that the enemy would like to find a foothold in your life. And I've come to call you tonight to that place of awareness. There is an adversary. He is on the prowl. And he's more subtle than he's ever been in 2023. And God forbid that as we move on in the march of time and so many elders that have passed off of the scene, so many elders and pillars who have passed off of the scene, God forbid that we lose sight of the faithfulness they exampled before us. And God forbid that we lose sight of the way they conducted their life. I've got news for you. I don't know if you, how, how young you think you are, but you're the elders now. If you're alive, you have a responsibility to this generation to let one another know, hey, there is a work of the enemy afoot, and he would love to bring you down. And so the Bible describes the city of refuge, and, and in this city of refuge, you, you come into it and find safety. You come into the city of refuge, and, and it was for the individual who in a, in a uh, particular mistake of, of activity 
that, that somehow it was an involuntary manslaughter that was occurred, that, that, had, that occurred. And, and so the example given, if somebody's felling a tree with an ax and the ax head comes off and the ax head hits somebody uh, accidentally, this person has an opportunity to go to a city of refuge and find safety while they sort out the legalities of what it was that occurred. But, but this city of refuge will protect them from an avenger of blood. This was under the law of Moses. The avenger of blood may be a family member who's so enraged by this act that they want to take justice into their own hands. The city of refuge was a place where you could go and find sanctuary. And that's why we call this a sanctuary. And that's why where I was in South Africa for those animals was a, it was a sanctuary. It was a place where the hunters were not allowed to enter in. And this, that's what you need. You need a sanctuary. You need to come into the house of God. You need to be able to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. There is never a good time for you to take a break from entering into the house of God. It needs to be a part of your regular, consistent, and frequent habit and discipline of walking with God. Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. This is what the apostle said to the church at Hebrews, the Hebrews, because he wanted them to understand that this is how you overcome the adversary in your life. And so something happens when you come into the sanctuary. It's a city of refuge. If you were to step out of the city of refuge for any reason and for any duration of time, then you immediately become vulnerable to the predators that lie in wait and lurk privately beyond the city of refuge. Don't leave the city of refuge. The Lord is our refuge. The Lord is our fortress. The Lord is a very present help in the time of trouble. Hallelujah. There's something good about coming into this house. If you're depressed, the joy of the Lord is here to lift you up. If you feel downtrodden, the joy of the Lord is here to come as a, as a gust of refreshing wind to put some wind in your sails and cause you to, to sail on and see, hallelujah, the glories of God. Come into the house of God. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto him with the voice of triumph. Lift up your voice in song unto the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. He is the King of glory. Hallelujah, there's something about walking into this house and hearing the songs of Zion and seeing the saints of God worshiping the Lord. If you went around this room, we could take the rest of the week on into Sunday and let 
the microphone be passed from one person to the next and they could tell you about the struggles they've had and they can tell you about the problems they've been facing and they can tell you about the issues they've been dealing with and then they could tell you about how God has spoken to them in a still small voice during a sweet hour of prayer how he lifted them in a moment of great despair they could be happy to share with you that when I was in trouble he came to me when my heart was overwhelmed he led me to the rock that is higher than I for there has been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy That happens when you come into the sanctuary of the Most High God. Hallelujah. You're going to hear the Word of God when you come into the sanctuary. You're going to hear the preaching of the Word and the teaching of the Word. You're going to hear the declaration of the Word. And you're going to hear a Word that lets you know that God is on the throne. You're going to hear a Word that says God has paid the price. You're going to hear a Word that there's victory in Jesus. You're going to hear a Word that there's power in praise. You're going to hear a Word that just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. You're going to hear the Word of God and it's going to strengthen you. All of that happens in the sanctuary. And come early and stay late. Talk with people. Don't just run in and run out and try to avoid everybody. No, come in early. Pray before church starts. Come in, find a place to pray and say, God, prepare my heart. Lord, cleanse me of all the stuff that I've gathered as I've gone through this day and through this week and let me be ready to hear the word. Let me be ready to sing the songs of Zion with my brothers and my sisters. Come in early and pray and greet people and talk to people and share with people and set up a time to go to lunch with people and stay late and get to know one another and, and have fellowship. There's strength in the sanctuary and you can strengthen one another in the Lord. I'm telling you what, the word of wisdom is in the mouth of the believers that are here in this house. And a word of wisdom can fly off of your uh, lips faster than, than a person could even be expecting it. And in that one moment, they receive a word they needed from the Lord. And I'm going to tell you what, all it takes is a word. Just a word from God can give you the strength you need you know what I'm talking about. There's something about it that, that it can just be a, just one simple sentence. But it, when it's so heavily anointed of God and it's saturated by the power of the Holy Spirit of God, it does something for you. It'll give you power over any predator that might be lurking near your life and cause you to have the victory. Hallelujah. We saw wild dogs and wild dogs... They took off running after the impalas. And those wild dogs are vicious. They look like cute little cuddly things. Don't pet them. Don't pet those wild dogs. Cute and cuddly, nothing. And, and, and they took off running after the impalas, but I'm thankful that the impalas were too fast for the wild dogs. Hallelujah. They may not be able to... They may not be able to, to stand up in a one-on-one -on -one bout, but good luck catching that thing. 
Hallelujah, that's what the Bible means when it says he makes my feet like hinds feet and sets me up upon high places. Hallelujah, I've got a defense mechanism. I said, I've got a defense mechanism. It is built into me by the power of the Holy Ghost. I can run when I need to run. I can fight when I need to fight. I can shout when I need to shout. I can fast when I need to fast. I can pray intercessory prayer when I need to go into intercessory prayer. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but I, 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 I'm sorry, not sorry. I rebuke the word of the adversary in your mind, trying to tell you that you're defeated and that he's got your number and that he's going to wear out the saints and he's going to bring you down. You have power over the adversary. because I didn't come to just talk to you about your adversary who's as a roaring lion. I came to tell you about the lion of the tribe of Judah. <laughs> Glory! I want you to, to hear what we read just a moment ago. The, the writer of Revelation, the revelator, he said, I saw in the right hand of him Hallelujah, that sat on the throne, a book written within, and on the backside it was sealed with seven seals. And, and this book that is sealed with seven seals is going to usher in the end of all things and bring to pass the beautiful kingdom of God. Oh, hallelujah. I'm thankful that we have the promise that this world is going to pass away. And that the glorious kingdom of Jesus Christ is going to take precedence over the world we currently are viewing. I'm going to tell you something. All the poverty's going away. All the violence is going away. All the cancer's going away. All the tears are going away. All the sickness is going away. All the rebellion is going away. All of the hatred is going away. All of the malice and the strife and the seditions and the heresies. All of the addiction. All of the crime. Everything that is a menace to society, it is all being wiped out. And there's a glorious kingdom of Jesus Christ that's going to absolutely replace it. And there's a new heaven. And there's a new earth. Oh, I've come to preach to somebody, and I'm going to preach it to you. Believe it. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words, he said, shall not pass away. The grass withereth and the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. And all that's written in this book that has seven seals. And if we can just unseal those seals, then this world will be resolved and his kingdom will come into place. And so the question is, I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose these seals, we need somebody to open the book. We need somebody to loose the seals. And there was no man in heaven who could do it. No man in heaven could do it. Hey, if there's a man in heaven, that's a pretty heavenly man. But no man in heaven was able to open the book. He said, no man in earth can open the book. 
And no man under the earth was able to open the book, and they weren't even able to look thereon. Nobody was worthy. And John the Revelator is a witness to all of these proceedings, and the Bible says he wept much. John begins, he didn't say I just wept, he said I wept much. He is sobbing, he is heaving. It has so gripped him that this that all we need is somebody to come bring peace, somebody to come loose the seven seals, somebody to open up the promises of God and to shut down the curse of this earth. And, and, and nobody's able, nobody in heaven is able, and nobody in the earth is able, and nobody under the earth is able. And he's weeping much because no man was found worthy to open, and no man was found worthy to read, and no man was worthy to look upon the book. But one of the elders saith unto me, thank God for the elders. Woo, hallelujah. That's why the elders who rule well are counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in word and doctrine. This is what this elder was about to teach John the Revelator. He was going to teach him word and doctrine. And he said, weep not. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost saying something to my spirit right now. And the words are these, weep not. Hallelujah. Why weep not? I'll tell you why weep not. Because we operate in a kingdom mindset. And in that kingdom, there will be no tears in the eyes. And so weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And I want you to know it didn't say weeping can endure for a night because weeping can endure as long as you want weeping to endure. But he didn't say weeping can endure. He said weeping may endure. In other words, it is permitted to endure. There is a season of weeping that is permitted. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming. Hallelujah. And I've come to let somebody know that you may have wept and you may have wept much but the word of the Lord says there's a time where the weeping stops weep not weep not he's going to wipe the tears from your eyes and let me tell you what the Bible means when it says he's going to wipe the tears from your eyes. That doesn't just mean you're going to stop crying. That means he's going to go to every single solitary tear you've ever shed and he's going to remove it. He will remove the tears from your eyes. Some of you have wept tears bitterly over circumstances that have spiraled and spun out of your control. And in the kingdom that I'm preaching to you about, the Lord of glory is going to come down and remove each of those tears from your eyes. He will remove all tears from their eyes. He's going to resolve it. He's going to rectify it. He's going to restore it. He's going to fix it. He's going to bring peace. He's going to bring joy. I'm preaching myself happy today. I'm preaching myself happy today. I'm letting somebody know there's joy coming in the morning. I said there is joy coming in the morning. I know you've got a lion. I know you've got an adversary. I know he's roaring. I know you hear his roar. 
And I know he seeks whom he may devour. And I know you feel vulnerable and you can feel his hot breath upon your heels. And you're afraid because you've seen him crouch down and you know where he is. And it's got you in a, a state of suspended, suspended depression and oppression. But I've come to tell you like the elder told John, weep not. Hallelujah, because that's not the lion we're looking at. Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the seals thereof. Hallelujah. the root of David and the lion of the tribe of Judah. To know the lion of the tribe of Judah, you have to go back to Genesis 49 to understand where that comes from. What, it, what does that mean? And what it means is it was a statement made upon Jacob's deathbed to his children. And as he was pronouncing the blessing of the Lord upon each of his children, and told them what would come to them in the last days and what they could expect in the last days. He got to Judah and he said to Judah that the scepter shall not depart from Judah. This is how we know Israel was always going to have a king. Because he said, Jacob said they would. And he said that it would come from the tribe of Judah. That was the tribe that David came from, the tribe of Judah. Saul was from the tribe of Benjamin. This is why when Israel spoke up and said that, that uh, we want a king like other nations, that's a vulnerable place to be. Let me just mention this to you. Because the reason they, they took that moment to express that desire is because they were so close to the prophecy coming to pass. And you've got to be careful when you get close to the fulfillment of God's promises because that's, that's when the adversary tries to wedge himself in. It's his last-ditch effort to stop you from entering into the promises of God. So he starts to tempt your flesh, and he starts to try to wear you down and get your eyes on things your eyes ought not to be upon. And so Israel's eyes are on other nations, and they're looking around at other nations, and they said, we want a king like they have. And they could feel, they could feel that the promise was, was getting closer and closer because it was. The promise was overseeing a sheepfold, his father's flock. Wait for the promise to grow up. Wait for the promise to develop. Don't rush the promises of God. It's not going to come from the tribe of Benjamin. It's going to come from the tribe of Judah. But God, who is rich in mercy, all wise and all knowing, said if that's what they want i'm going to let them have what they want sometimes god will let you have what you want so be careful what you ask for it's always better to say lord thy will be done it's always better to say lord not my will but thy will be done so that you can you can get the right king from the right tribe but when they pushed and forced they end up with Saul from the tribe of Benjamin. And God, God anointed him. And God placed his favor upon him. And God was going to use him. But the king was always to come from the tribe of Judah. When Saul 
faltered and, and malfunctioned in his dedication to God, the Lord removed the kingdom from his hand and it went to the rightful tribe to David. And that was spoken by Jacob upon his deathbed as he pronounced blessing upon his children. He said, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. But before he said any of that, he said this, Judah, you are a lion's baby. You're a lion's baby. And that's all Judah needed to know is I am a lion's whelp. I am a lion's cub. I belong to a protector, to a defender. And that this path, this path that was going to weave its way through the tribe and the lineage of Judah all the way to the birth of Messiah in that virgin Mary, that line and lineage was going to be protected by God amidst the greatest of challenges that you can imagine. Do you know how many barren wombs there were in that lineage that, 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 that was along the path of Messiah? Do you know how many Gentile brides were in that lineage? Do you know how many people of ill repute were in that lineage? Do you know how much didn't make sense? But it was a lion's whelp. And what that means is, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something that I wasn't going to do when I was at Kruger National Park. If I came across a lion's whelp, I was not going to get out of that Jeep and pet that little baby lion. Cute, 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 nothing. Because if there's a lion's whelp, there's a lion or lioness nearby that's going to step into those circumstances and protect that child. It was really something because when we look at the lion, it's, it's a little bit hard to, to celebrate the lion being the king of the jungle when it's so ferocious and capable of exacting so much harm upon innocent animals. But it's important for you to know that the predatory nature of an animal is a direct result of the fall of man. The animals prior to the fall did not eat one another. Animals prior to the fall ate grass and plants and leaves. And that was, it was the herb that they ate. It was the fall of man when the fall of man occurred Predators started rising up everywhere. Even man, Cain killing Abel, even man became a predator. And this was a, this was a result of the fall. But, but when you look out at that, at that wildlife, that lion looking at that Cape buffalo and that, man, it, it, you can feel so sorry and so sad for some of those unsuspecting animals that look so innocent and they're just eating their little grass and their little, their little plants and they have, they, they don't, they've forgotten all about the fact that there's this lion that's, that is lurking over in the distance. But that's the adversarial lion. That's the lion that roars seeking whom he may devour. But the lion of the tribe of Judah is reflective of the lion pre-fall. It's not the predator lion. It's the protector lion. And this is one of the reasons that the lion roams about, not just as a predator, but he's also protecting his territory. 
And I want you to know that the lion of the tribe of Judah is the defender and he is the protector. He is the one who stands up on our behalf. And just as Judah was a lion's whelp, you and I belong to the protector, to the defender, to the lion of the tribe of Judah. John the Revelator wept much because no man could open the book and no man could read the book and no man could look upon the book and certainly no man could loose the seals thereof. But the elder said, weep not because there is a lion of the tribe of Judah. It's the only other time we read about this lion of the tribe of Judah in the book of Revelation and in the book of Genesis. And that elder was saying, you heard about this lion all the way back when Jacob was prophesying over his children. He promised that this lion was going to oversee the lineage of Judah all the way till Shiloh come. Hallelujah. And when Shiloh come, unto him would the gathering of the people be. And the lion would, would march across the lineage of Judah and protect that lineage and guard that lineage and no matter the challenge and no matter the adversary there was a promise of God that was in effect Judah you are a lion's whelp Judah you're going to make it there's going to be a lot of hills and a lot of valleys there are going to be a lot of disappointments there are going to be a lot of challenges there are going to be times you fall and falter and fail but I want you to know that Shiloh is coming Shiloh is coming and, and, and you've got a lion that's watching over you and I'm going to tell you what another lion doesn't want to mess with. He doesn't want to mess with a greater lion than he because that greater lion than he has territory to protect and he will fight for his family and he will fight for his territory. And I want you to know we are the territory of the Most High God. Hallelujah. He said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. And when that lion of the tribe of Judah watched over that lineage right up until Shiloh came, Shiloh came. And you know who Shiloh was? Shiloh was the Almighty God manifest in human flesh. And the lion of the tribe of Judah entered into the picture. You know, he wasn't just a lion. He was also a lamb. He was both the lion and the lamb. He was, listen, he was the lamb in the sense that he was innocent and pure and righteous and holy and thus able to take the sins away from all mankind, whosoever will. But don't mistake that lamb for something that you can trample over, something that you can devour. Oh yeah, he was led as a lamb to the slaughter. He was led before his shearers like a sheep, so opened he not his mouth. I know he's the lamb at Calvary, but he's not just the lamb. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And when you push this lion into the corner, something bad is about to happen to the enemies of God's people. And we're seeing things begin to unfold in our world today. We see the adversary raising his head. I want you to know the adversary can raise his head all he wants to. But there is a prophecy in place. And the prophecy that's in place assures us that we have a promise that we can hold on to. 
Hallelujah. There is a land that's far beyond the starry sky. There's a city where the lamb is the light. I have a mansion over there and it's free from toil and care. I'm going where the lamb is the light. I've got protection and I've got power and I've got something that's, that's over me and under me and surrounding me and inside of me and I have nothing to fear. It's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he came from that tribe of Judah. He came from that lineage of Judah. And he steps into our world as the one who is worthy to loose the seals, hallelujah, of the great book. The seals are going to open up. The seals are going to open up. And with each seal opening up, one world begins to shut down. Little by little, shut down all the way down, and another world begins to open up. What world are you going to tie your hopes to? What world are you going to tie your hopes to? I have decided to follow Jesus. I said I have decided to follow Jesus. Don't let this world get you down. Hallelujah. Death, death. Death itself is a part of this world, but it's going to pass away. The grave is a part of this world, but it's going to pass away. Sickness and sadness is a part of this world, but it's going to pass away. Weep not. Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. Hallelujah is worthy to open the book. Hallelujah to loose the seals thereof. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm in this for the long haul. I want to see all of God's glory. I want to see all of God's power. I'm in this for the long haul. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Don't focus on the devouring power of the enemy. Focus on the defending power of God. Don't get your mind focused upon what the enemy can do. But get your mind focused on what the Lord has promised. It's so easy to look at the great adversarial nations of the world. There's some bad characters in our world. There's some people that are intent on world domination. I mean like the villains of every story ever told. They're like leading nations and superpowers right now. But our hope, hallelujah, is in the Lord Jesus Christ. My God, weep not, weep not, weep not. Behold, I love that word, behold, be and hold. Hallelujah, I'm going to be all right because I'm holding on to his unchanging hand. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Hallelujah. Our musicians can go ahead and come right now in the name of the Lord. I'm going to hold on to his unchanging hand. I'm not afraid. Weep not. Weep not. Weep not. Weep not. Weep not. I'm going to live as though the tears are being wiped away from my eyes. Because the lion of the tribe of Judah has come. Hallelujah. And he is worthy. How many know he's worthy? Now, let me tell you something, okay? Let me tell you something. When we say he's worthy, we we're saying he's worthy. That, that doesn't, that, we're not just saying he's powerful. No, he's worthy. We're not just saying that he is great. He's worthy. And he's not just worthy because he's powerful. 
He's worthy. Here it is. He's worthy because he has prevailed. That's what happened in 33 and a half years of living on this earth. He prevailed. It is legalized. It is formalized. He has prevailed by living a life of obedience above the transgression of sin. He prevailed over sin. And by prevailing over sin, he has prevailed over death. And by prevailing over death, he has prevailed over the grave. He's worthy. That's why, that's why the Bible calls the lion worthy and he calls the lamb worthy. Worthy is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He is worthy to be praised. We praise him because he has prevailed. When we couldn't prevail, he prevailed. When no man could open the book, he prevailed to open the book. He was counted worthy to open the book. Your God is worthy to be praised. He's worthy of your trust. He's worthy of your faith. He's worthy to be prayed to. He's worthy to be worshiped. He's worthy to be obeyed. He's worthy to consecrate your life to him. He's worthy to seek his kingdom. Ah, somebody lift up your hands and praise him right now. Come on and lift your hands and praise him right now. All across this house, lift up a voice of praise unto the Lord. Lift up a voice of praise unto the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, stand with me right now and let's lift up a praise unto God in Jesus' name. The Holy Ghost is in this place. The Holy Ghost is in this place. Now, I think sometimes we, we, we stop for a moment and we think that God is great. And so he's greatly to be praised. And that's true. That's scripture. He's great and he's greatly to be praised. One place that said, according to thy name, so is thy praise. However great is his name is how great his praise ought to be. So let me ask you, how great is his name? How great is his name? Because I'm going to tell you what his name did. His name washed away my sins. I'm going to tell you what his name did. His name is on my life. And now that's what gives me the ability to stand before God in judgment and enter into the joy of my Lord because his name is engraved upon my heart. That's a great name. Do you know that at that name, every knee shall bow? Do you know that at that name, every tongue shall confess? Ooh, hallelujah. What are they going to confess? That Jesus Christ. Just stop right there. Jesus. Jehovah. Yahweh. Elohim El Shaddai. Jehovah. Jireh, Mechadeth, Sitkanu, Nisai, Rophi, Rohe, Shema, Shalom, Jehovah is become my salvation. Jesus, Christ, the anointed one, Shiloh, the Messiah, the one, hallelujah, the one God in flesh, God manifest, the son of the living God, Messiah, Jesus Christ is my God. Let's get expository for a moment. Is not 
just was and not just is to come, but right now in the middle of your trial by fire, right now in the middle of your difficult circumstance, right now he is. You ready? You ready? Because we're getting there. Jesus Christ is Lord. I want you to know he's the Lord of Lords. I want you to know that he's the Lord of hosts. He's the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts. Anything that is a collective, he is the Lord of it. He's the Lord of the stars. He's the Lord of the sands of the sea. He's the Lord of every school of fish in the ocean. He's the Lord of every cell in your body. He is the Lord of all hosts. And He is the Lord of the armies of the adversary that attack you. And He can turn them back and He can do it right now. He is the Lord of all hosts. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus the Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Woo, hallelujah. I feel his glory in this house. I feel his glory in this house. I'm going to tell you, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to just tell you right now. Endure unto the end. Race isn't given to the swift. The battle isn't given to the strong. But to he that endures unto the end, the same shall be saved. Endure unto the end. Because when you get to the end, you're going to say like Paul, I reckon that the sufferings of this present world are not worthy to be compared to the glory, to the glory, to the glory. Endure unto the end because there's glory coming. Weep not. The lion of the tribe of Judah has come. The lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed to open the book and loose the seals thereof. One day, one day you're going to look back on every tear you ever shed and all of it's going to make sense. All of it is going to be resolved in a moment in the twinkling of an eye all of it is going to be resolved in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. If you've not repented of your sins, I want you to come repent of your sins. If you have repented, do it again. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, let us baptize you tonight in Jesus' name. If you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, I know it's Wednesday night. I know Thanksgiving's next week. But God can fill you with the Holy Ghost anytime, anywhere. He can do it right now. In fact, he wants to do it right now. The promise is unto you. Woo! And to your children. There is a roaring lion who is your adversary, the devil, walking about, seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for those that have a limp. He's looking for those that are undecided on whether they want to to be in the number or not. He's looking for those who are vulnerable. And the devil's trying to make you vulnerable. He's trying to get you away from the pack. 
He's trying to lure you away from the body. He's trying to get you to be defeated in your own thinking. But there is a lion of the tribe of Judah. He's not a predator. He's a protector. And he'll watch over you. I feel his presence. Come on, lift up your hands with me. Could you do that? Could you lift up your hands with me in the name of the Lord? Oh, yes, in the name of Jesus. Come on, I want somebody to cast your cares on him right now, for he careth for you. Come on, lift those burdens to the Lord. Give those burdens to the Lord right now in the name of Jesus. I want somebody that's carrying some burdens right now. I want you just to lift up your hands and your heart unto God in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, come on. I'm opening these altars right now for somebody to come forward and say, Lord, take my burden. Take my burden. I'm giving it to you, Lord. 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 Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. The lion of the tribe of Judah has come.
to hear this right now but just as Israel got impatient with God and put the proverbial cart in front of the horse and Abraham got impatient with God and lied with Hagar instead of waiting for Sarah to conceive I feel like there's somebody here you're on the verge of a special thing in God and the enemy is trying to discourage you and make you turn around, make you quit. Because he, can, he knows that the promise is so close to your grasp. And I feel like the Holy Ghost would encourage somebody right now. Hold on. Hold on in Jesus' name. Don't turn around. Don't quit. Don't, don't, don't falter in your faith. Don't stagger at the promise. It's coming. It's coming. It's, it's, it's within your reach. Hallelujah. Don't, don't falter in your faith. I feel, like, I feel like somebody needs to reach out and grab a hold of that word right now. Come on, reach out and grab a hold of that word right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm God, I'm claiming that for me right now. I'm claiming that for me right now. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. I'm claiming that for me right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I will not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. I'm claiming that for me right now in the name of Jesus, that the promise of God in him are yea and amen. Ah, hallelujah. You are great. You do miracles so great.
you're praying, continue to pray. If you need to go, please feel free to do so. But as you do, find somebody and hug their neck, shake their hand, tell them you love them. Give them an encouraging word. Speak the word of faith over somebody before you leave tonight. Make sure to find somebody to speak the word of faith over them before you leave tonight. They came to church because they needed somebody to do just that. God bless you in Jesus' name.